It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is uh, another Sunday, halfway through the weekend. Hope your weekend is going well. It is, gee, what is it? June the 11th. We are rocketing through the start of June and coming up this morning we have seven days of real estate and on Tuesday it all started off of course with another rate rise from the RBA, need I say more, and we also on Tuesday spoke with Nick Morgan in Hobart to find out how you could own your own slice of paradise with this private island in Tasmania Ryan Evans was in this week. He was talking about the Melbourne suburb of Croydon and we found out what was happening on the ground in this very popular suburb. We also spoke to Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory there in Perth, about the shortage of available properties. And Matthew really has got his finger on the pulse of Perth. And we rounded off the week by speaking with Andrew Schultz from Wellington. He was here talking about the latest property market interest rates and how the economy is shaking down compared to Australia. Is New Zealand worse off than us? That is all coming up as part of our seven days of real estate. If you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday to you. It is the 11th of June, as I mentioned, and you are sharing it with Hugh Laurie, the British actor. He's turning 62. Shia LaBeouf, he's turning 35. And Peter Dinklage, he's on the birthday calls today. He's turning 52. Every morning from 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. It's the main centre forecast. Let's head around the country and check on the weather today for your Sunday in Sydney. Good morning. Expecting a sunny one today and a high of 18 degrees. In Melbourne, it's going to be cloudy but mainly dry. You'll get to see some of the sunshine. 17 is your forecast top. In Brisbane, mainly fine with 24 And in Perth, expecting the showers to ease off. You will see the sun at some stage today if you're not already seeing it. And your top of 17 degrees. It's like diving into a treasure trove of real estate gold nuggets just waiting to be explored with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Nick, you wouldn't get too many of these sort of properties, this type of offering very often in your real estate career. And the property has become the most popular popular property on realestate.com.au. So from a perspective of being a one-off property, what are we looking at here? Craig, we're looking at it, yeah, as you said, a, a once once in a lifetime opportunity to secure your own private island. It's incredible to be involved in the sale and representing our owners there. Um, but yeah, just absolutely blown away. It's a property that um, sits upon, you know, it's a 26 hectare island. It's got 360 degree views. Um, you know, t- you take in the Frasinay Peninsula, so you've got that dramatic background. 
it's just incredible. Um, there's an abundance of natural wildlife pottering around on the island. You've got you know bird life everywhere. Um, yeah, it's just spectacular. Now you've got local interests, you've got interstate interest, but you've also got international buyers that are very keen on this property. There wouldn't be very many properties, one would think, from an international standpoint, but I guess it's all about that exclusivity and that privacy that is the attraction factor. Absolutely. That's what we're finding. You know, people are going, well, gosh, there aren't many islands about the place that you can access year round. You know, that's probably the real beauty of this property versus some, you know, for example, in Tasmania, up the northern end of the state, um, in Bass Strait, they often get a lot of bit, you know, a lot of rugged weather um, affecting access. Whereas here, yeah, 365 days a year, you've got your private barge that you can ferry you back and forth to the mainland, which is really lovely. I love it. Private barge. That's what we need. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Whereabouts cool. where is the property? Like what part? So on the east coast of Tasmania, just over an hour's drive. So about an hour 20 from Hobart, a little, little less. So about an hour from the airport. Yeah, it's a very lovely drive up the east coast, about 20 minutes north of Tribunna and about the same or about 20 minutes or so south of uh, Swansea. So smack bang in the middle, you've got services on either side and as mentioned, yeah, just water everywhere. So it's, it's beautiful. All right, so uh, that's that exclusive property spoken about. But what about what's happening in Hobart at the moment? Uh, what's the property doing, the property market there? I note that your days on market a little bit more increased and you've also got more properties coming on. Yeah, we've seen about the 12.6% decline in sort of prices. So that is hurting a few people, but at the same time, you know, we're still having good success selling properties at a new price or an adjusted price. And I guess that crazy market was never going to last and, and, and the correction had to happen. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of days on market, they've certainly increased. You know, we were as an agency sitting anywhere between four and six days on market. We are a private treaty marketplace. We don't do auctions. So things were happening very quickly. We had a lot of fatigue buyers who were just getting caught up in the, the crazy competitive environments that were out there. Whereas now, you know, days on market have extended significantly where across the board, I believe it's sort of sitting around 30 days on market now. Buyers are a lot more relaxed. They're looking at many different properties before they perhaps come back to the one that they looked at with you. Um, and there isn't that competition. We've, we've got a lot more properties on the market and we're certainly bucking the trend of Victoria, New South Wales, where they've had a, a really tight market. We've got a lot more properties available for sale and therefore a lot more supply and a lot less demand from buyers. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate. Yeah, um, so the start of the year, I'd say we definitely had a bit of a slow start. There wasn't a lot of stock that was hitting the market, um, but from the second quarter, we've seen a big increase. Um, still low levels of stock, but the buyers seem to be back, Craig, um, and they're back in strength too, which has sort of caught us by surprise. So why do you think that is? Why have they decided to come back into the market? I think um, everyone was very nervous with all, obviously, the interest rate rises. It seems that buyers have now worked their numbers out and worked out that they can be okay. They're only now spending money if they think it's really worth it. So I'd say the good quality homes are still going well. Um, the homes that maybe need high levels of renovation and work, they're struggling a bit. And what have been some of your notable standout things for you working in the Croydon market for 2023? 
I would say, um, so in particular, the open numbers, we went from an average of around 10 groups through at the start of the year. That's now doubled where we're seeing an average of 20 to 25 groups coming through open homes. Um, And we're now seeing heavy competition. So prices are starting to increase slowly too. Well, that's got to be a great sign for Croydon. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at the Melbourne auction results. I think uh, they were sitting at around 72%. So what is your market? What are you doing there? Are you mainly doing auctions, private treaties? And what is that number for today, of course, being the 7th of June? Yeah, we've seen our clearance rate now is in the 70s as well. Um, I think this week was 72%. Um, We've been predominantly private sale area, but we have seen um, auctions increasing and we're probably now to a 60-40 split where um, 60% being private sale, 40% being auction. Um, But because of that clearance rate increasing, seeing a lot more owners be more open-minded about taking their properties to auction. Yeah, the worm is starting to to turn for those vendors. Just give us a sense of the median house price there in Croydon. I think it's sort of hovering maybe over the 900k mark or there or thereabouts. Spot on. So Croydon itself is a big suburb, but then we've also got Croydon North, Croydon Hills and Croydon South. We do see Croydon Hills, that's quite a smaller pocket, but that median sale price is actually hovering closer to a million. Um, Croydon North is sitting just under that, sitting more in that mid nines. Croydon itself does have um, quite a lot of units inside it as well. So that that number is more around the 900 and Croydon South is just under that as well, just at the high eights. Yeah, because I, I see that the past year, that whole catchment area, I think something like there's 18,000 houses and a lot of units, isn't there? Spot on. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, 18,000 is pretty much smack on the money. One thing that was very interesting for us was um, that the units seemed to be quite tightly held, especially the single level homes. So we did see, obviously, with the building world going through a bit of a slump there that there wasn't a lot of new properties being available but a lot of groups in this area wanting to downsize their homes and not having a lot of choice trying to move into something that was single level. And the days on market now in a lot of suburbs they are starting to come back down again and one of the drivers for that is the massive uh, shortage of stock. Is, is that formula a thing going on at the moment in Croydon? Yeah, definitely. Even um, for the month of May, we saw an average of two weeks on the market is yeah, half the time that it was taking at the start of the year. So it's quite a significant shift. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. How is uh, the team going at the moment with that push-up challenge? Uh, Well, we've got half the team doing it. We've had one pull out uh, already and we've got some some pretty sore legs. Some people are doing squats in place of push-ups and we've got uh, stairs in our office. So (laughs) no one's too happy about that at the moment, but we've nearly hit our team fundraising goal, which is the main thing. Putting the magnifying glass across Perth for the lack of properties on the market, what are the primary factors contributing to the shortage of properties available for sale and rent, do you think, in Perth? 
Yeah, it's primarily because of a, an imbalance between population growth, demand, and housing construction. Uh, we're not building enough houses. We're not seeing enough new development starts. If you look at the leading indicator, which is your dwelling approvals, it's still languishing around 900 per month. That's a figure that was last achieved about 40 years ago when the population in Perth was half what it is today. So we're, we're failing to meet demand with new construction. And we're also seeing that there's not a lot of uh, properties coming to market from established sellers, partly because the market's gridlocked because they're either waiting for further growth because obviously everyone's pretty bullish on the Perth market at the moment, or they're just sort of locked in their own home at the moment because they have nowhere else to go. Historically, you could sell your home uh, and put it in an offer subject to a sale of your own home. You're not going to get that through on any sort of decent property in Perth at the moment because the competition's too great. So any additional clauses you're adding to a contract will make your offer non-competitive. So if you've got nowhere else to move, whether it's to a rental or to another property that you're purchasing, that's uh, what we're seeing is people are just staying put. So that's limiting new listings as well. Gee, okay. And first home buyers, they are hit the hardest with these rate rises. Then they have the double whammy of lack of properties on the market, which is what you're talking about. How does the limited availability of properties impact, do you think, for potential buyers there in Perth right at the moment? Look, it's a problem across the board for all buyers, but especially for first home buyers or those with limited budget. They're facing multiple offer scenarios on just about every property where it's leading to stress and frustration and people overbidding if they can, or if they've got a a limited budget, then they're a little bit hamstrung and they're having to adjust their brief and look at other areas or look at a house that perhaps doesn't fit their brief exactly just to get into the market. And what we're also seeing is that people with limited budgets, that budget is dwindling because of, as you know, rates keep going up and serviceability for these buyers is decreasing. So your budget of 500 last month might next month only be 475. So that's a, a bigger problem for, for people trying to get into the market is a dwindling budget in a market that's, uh, that's appreciating. Boy, oh boy, right around the country, cities are under intense stress for people to house themselves. We, we certainly can't argue with that. So what do you think are the ramifications of the shortage of rental properties on tenants and the overall rental market? Because you just kind of wonder when that is going to bottom out, because surely it can't just keep going. But some of the uh, commentators are saying exactly that. Yeah, look, it can't go forever. Obviously, everything is cyclical, but I think we're probably only halfway through roughly our current cycle. It's having significant consequences for tenants. Uh, we, Our rental median rental figure on houses back pre-COVID was about $350 a week. That's up to $560 now. So that's a 60% increase on the median rent. And, it's, and so it's not just a lack of options and an inability to secure something, is they're having to actually spend a lot more of their wages on that particular property just to be competitive and secure something for their family. So it is a problem across the board. It's creating additional pressure on the vulnerable populations, um, and it's probably contributing to homelessness rates as well. Just uh, anecdotally, we went camping, myself and the family, last weekend, and we saw three single females that were all out there camping. And it's hard to say, but I would I would hazard a guess that not all of them were camping enthusiasts. Some of them possibly were there, not by choice, uh, which is really sad to see. 
Know Your Property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. So let's take you to Andrew Schultz from Sense Partners in Wellington and a very good morning to you, Andrew. Welcome to The Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Good morning, Craig. How are you? I'm pretty good. So is that a a, a fair comment, brutal with these rate rises? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of house prices, uh, what they're paying on their mortgage has risen a lot. Sort of at the peak of house prices, we were looking at mortgages uh, fixed one to two years in the 2% range. It's now upwards of 6 or 7%. So it's a massive increase. So where is it at the moment in terms of the cash rate and what did it go up by? How, how many basis points was it last week? Yeah, so in the last week, it's gone up from 5.25% to 5.5%, so 25 basis points rise. But the really interesting thing about this is that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has defied market expectations and has said, this is it. Interest rates, they don't think they're going to go up for the next year or longer, and they suspect that they'll stay where they're at for another year. Okay, and let's have a look at the the house prices because it's predicted the housing market is going to drop until the end of next year, I think is what they're saying, reaching around 21% drop. Now, that is below peak prices in November of 2021. Correct, yeah. Um, So, I mean, median house prices in Auckland are almost down 23%. Um, It's a lot less in wider New Zealand. But actually, the expectation now is that those price falls are probably almost coming to an end where we're at or we're very near the bottom of the market. Um, And there's there's two broad reasons why that is. One is the Reserve Bank is pretty clearly signalling that borrowing costs aren't going to increase. Um, There's also an expectation that actually over possibly two to three years, they're going to start coming down. So it's cheaper to get a a three-year mortgage than it is to get a one-year mortgage uh, fixed term. Uh, And this is kind of a a market signal that prices are probably going to come down. Second of all, we've just had data come out from Statistics New Zealand that we've had a net gain of 65,500 people in the year to March, second highest on record uh, since the 70s. It is provisional data, so it might get revised, but it is nevertheless a very high reading. Uh, All these people, they're going to need somewhere to live. They're going to need a roof over their heads. So an increase in necessary demand paired with a cap and then potentially a fall off in borrowing costs is going to help sustain house prices. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.